Hi there, this is Melody Thuston Cowan, and you are listening to A Word from the Tabernacle. Happy New Year! I think we can say that for a couple more days. Um, It has been some time since we last connected, and we have missed you guys, but we have been busy perfecting this platform and being prepared to come back even better in 2022. We pray that you and your families have remained healthy and encouraged during this time. Listen, we have come back at the Tabernacle with our leader, Bishop L.F. Thuston, on fire with the word and with scripture and with divine purpose. This particular sermon is from last week and I have played it over and over and over again. And each time it gets better and I hear something else that can help strengthen me in my walk. I pray that this word inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective in God's moving in your life. Thank you for joining us. Now let's go in and listen to the word. This will only be a um, recapitulation, if you will. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy. My, my, my. It's very personal and to one of the closest men in my life, my spiritual son. I have a succession plan. I know that most of my years are behind me. I know I've covered most of the miles that I'll ever cover. Mm -hmm. And someone will follow in the footprints that I've left. There'll be a passing of the baton. There'll be a passing of the baton. There's going to be a shedding of my mantle. And there's no one that is closer to me in my physical life at this time than my spiritual son named Timothy. But I got to get some things clarified, emphasized. There's some things that must be received in your understanding and in your spirit. So I'm charging you. Son Timothy. I charge unto thee, son Timothy. What's his name? According to the prophecies which went before on thee. There have been prophecies more than one. Let, let, me, let me just try to cut all the way across due to the lateness of the hour. And will you just say this with me? God has a word upon my life. Say that again. God has a personal word upon my life. And so, Timothy, there have been several words, several impartations, several announcements upon you that by them you mightest war a good warfare. And if there are good warfares, there must be some wrong warfares. And if there's some warfares that you should be in, 
there are some wars that you should not be in. And if there is a war for you to win, then there are wars you need not fight. But God has already pronounced there are certain battles that are just for you. I'm going to say that again. There are certain battles that God has already designated for you. Well, why would you say God would place us in a position of war? Because the only way you can have victory is to go through a warfare. So when God announces and when God designs and when God schedules a war for you, by definition, he also has scheduled a victory for you. Because there are never any great victories without a great battle. And so, Timothy, get this in your mind. There will be some warfare for you this year. But in that war, the prophecies, God's word, his personal announcement, the caption under the scene, he's going to have the verbiage with the cartoon, leaving nothing to the imagination. You are going to learn how to war a good warfare. Can you say amen? So let me, let me just have a few minutes to summarize this. Because this is for you in 2022. Oh yeah, that's a poem. I wrote that one. This is for you in 2022. Yeah. I didn't write down the rest of the poem because, well, for reasons I'm not able to explain right now. But this is for you in 2022. There are battles with your name on it. And I know it would be cooler for me to say every month of this year is going to be yippee-yay. And that every day you're going to just be clicking your heels and that it's going to be nothing but pleasantry, sunshine, feeling good, full of friends, and your dreams will all instantly come true. And this is going to be the luckiest year you've ever had. But then I would be a lying preacher like all the other lying preachers. But I would rather do is let you know what will happen to you in 2022. Thank you, Jesus. There's going to be some wars. There are going to be some attacks. This year, there's going to be some fights. There's going to be some intrusions. There's going to be some disappointments. I just, I just got to tell you. Well, Brother Neil, there's going to be some girls and guys 
that are going to be chasing you. There are going to be demonic concentrations that are headed your way, but God has already pronounced the conclusion from the beginning. You're going to be prepared to war a good warfare. Somebody say a good warfare. Only good war is a victorious war. Say, say that again. Say, say that again. No, you say it with me. The only good war is the war that I win. It's not a good win if you end up as a casualty. It's not a good win if you become a POW. It's not a, it's not a good win if you're missing in action. It's not a good, not for you, not for you. It's not good for you if they send you home in a pine box. It's not good for you if you've got so much PTSD that you are dysfunctional. It's not good for you if they lose your benefit package. You're talking to a military man here. It's, it's, not, it's not good for you. It's not good for you if your retirement papers are lost. It's not good for you if you don't get your uh, GI Bill benefits. It's not good for you if they send you back on the front line before you properly healed. But it's certainly not a good war for you if you lose. But the warfare that God will guide you through is one that will give you certain victory. And so we find in 2 Corinthians 10 and 3 that we do have battles. Will you look at that for just a minute? 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. We walk in the flesh but we do not war after the flesh if that's in your bible just say it's in my bible we are human and we deal with natural occurrences but that's not where the battle is and i want to say that to you where you deal with people that are crude and rude remember it's not the flesh it's the spirit within them that causes them so to behave. In fact, there are some physical attacks, and I come to you now in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. There's some attacks that are not totally physical, but the enemy can use even fleshly attacks to cause you to be immobilized. Uh, in Luke 18, there was a woman that was stooped over and had not been able to stand up straight for 18 years. And Jesus said, you're physically afflicted, but it's because Satan has bound you. And he rebuked the spirit of infirmity. And the woman's crippled state was instantly straightened because she had a fleshly expression of a spiritual bondage. Say yes. There are physical conditions that are only physical. A gray hair is not a spiritual condition. That's a blessing. 
And if you got gray hair, you ought to be glad for whatever you did in the years you had to get them because that's a sign you've got years behind you. So don't curse your gray hair. It's all right to change the color if you want to and change it back. Amen. It's a, it's, it's, it is not a sin for you to feel fatigued. You're right to have some rest. You ought to get some sleep. It is not an attack of the enemy. If you've got a mattress that needs to be replaced, just get. Don't rebuke the devil out of the mattress. Just get the mattress so your back will feel better. Can y'all hear me? It is, it, is, it, is not, it is not a sin and it is not the devil because the sun is in your eyes. Still, stop looking in the sunlight and put on some sunglasses. Don't be rebuking the devil out of the shades and the curtains. That is only your flesh. But there are conditions that become fleshly because the enemy wants you to stay in misery. He doesn't want you to have a restful night. He doesn't want you to have freedom from anxiety. He doesn't want you to always be a nervous ninny. He doesn't want you to go from one ailment to another ailment. And because he wants you to lose the war, he will use distractions of the flesh. But when it comes to our warfare, verse 4 says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty, mighty, mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Say yes. You do not have to let the enemy rob you of all of your finances. That is an area often of spiritual war. You do not have to let the enemy rob you of your career. The only reason that God would ever close a door for you is because he's about to open a window in its place. Say yes. You got to get your mind ready for this good warfare. He does not want your family to be in chaos continuously where you don't like your wife anymore and your wife doesn't like you and you keep score on who has insulted the other the most that's an area of spiritual spiritual warfare say yes and the children they don't act right and your sisters and brothers are at constant odds your family should not be a war zone and you keep blaming what happened way back before Vietnam and who's a cousin and who's a half and who mama liked and who daddy, the Lord have mercy. And, and who's the oldest and who's the youngest. You've got to know that is an area of warfare. Forget that conversation. Don't even talk about it. Put out of your mind. It takes two people to argue. Keep Spreading them only with love and not with vindication. You don't have to prove every argument. You don't have to have the last word because God wants peace in your home like you have peace in your soul. Say yes. 
I am going to be well this year. I am going to be at peace this year. I'm not going to be defeated this year. I won't struggle with depression and anger. Lord have mercy. My anger management will be 1st, 2nd Thessalonians. It will be chapter 10 and 4. I'm not going to be threatened and to be threatening. I'm not going to let racism preoccupy. Even though it's real, I got my own critical race theory. And that is, I'm going to run this race with patience. Say yes. COVID-19 will not be my first meditation and my last reminder. For God has not given Yes, I'm going to wear my mask. Yes, I'm going to get my booster. Yes, I'm going to have social distancing. But when all that's said and done, he's given me power and love and a sound mind. Why don't you say a year of war, but a year of victory. I don't know how much you really understand about Martin Luther King. I'm glad they have a holiday for one person who did something right rather than for all of them who did something selfish. There's no other person who gets a holiday in this nation other than two presidents. And that one person is Martin Luther King. And I think he should be honored, not just because of his martyrdom of death, but because of what he accomplished with his mere 39 years of life. And by most standards, he was still a young man. But as a young black minister, he changed so much that made our world more humane. But Martin Luther King, something happened to him. He read the New Testament and he studied the Sermon on the Mount. And he believed that the best way to make this world better and our nation to be freer and blacks and whites to get it right was to have some power. He believed it was a spiritual warfare. And he picked up a term from Mahatma Gandhi. And that word is pronounced in a way I hope you will not forget. And that word is Satragraha. Go on and talk that Indian language and say uh, Saha. Graha. And the word, that word actually means um, Satya means the truth. What is loving? What is truly liberating? Truth in a way that cannot be minimized. Not just language, but the truth of the heart and the love from the mind. And graha means a force, a real power. Some translate that soul force. But King said, if that could deliver the people of India from the oppression of the Europeans in England. That same force ought to work in America. It'll work in Africa. It will work 
in the Caribbean. It will work in South America. It will work on the Indian Reservation. Because what we need is spiritual power. And, and all of his efforts. And as King faced the wild dogs and the water hoses. And as he faced being uh, imprisoned and being threatened. One night even his house was bombed. And after his house was bombed in Montgomery, Alabama. He came to a breaking point. He said he could not go any further he wondered whether his life had all been in vain his discouragement was at a level that he could not even endure say yes so one night he said it got to me after all that occurred when it came to that place on January the 30th 1956 in the midst of this terror, while he was away and his house was bombed with his wife and his child in that small house. And after that one night, he said, he had a day of repeated threatening phone calls. And King said, I couldn't sleep anymore. It seemed as if all of my fears came upon me at once. I was frustrated bewildered, discouraged. I tried to think of a way to move out of the picture without appearing to be a coward. So I was sitting in my kitchen with my head in my hands and I began to pray like I had never prayed before. And these are the words Martin said that I prayed, Lord, I'm down here trying to do what is right. I think I'm right. I'm here taking a stand for what I believe is right. Somebody say, let him pray. And he went on and said, Lord, I must confess I am weak right now. I'm faltering. I am losing my courage. The people are looking at me for leadership. And if I stand before them without strength and courage, they too will falter. I'm at the end of my powers. I have nothing left. This is Martin Luther King. I've come to the point where I can't face my future alone. And then he said, at that moment, somebody say, I want to hear this. He said, at that moment, at the depth of my most contrite prayer, I experienced a spiritual presence. And I heard an inner voice calling me by my name and he said Martin Martin Luther stand up stand up right now for righteousness and stand up for justice and stand up for truth and I will be with you and I'll be with you even until the end of the world and at once he said, my fears left me and my uncertainty disappeared. And I was ready to face anything. I had spiritual power. And you can never make it if you don't have two things. One, 
He said you must have freedom from fear of death. You got to get to the point where death is no longer a threat to you. And then you've got to have forgiveness for all of the hate. And that night when God spoke to me and spiritual power seized me, my life shall never ever be the same. Now that was in 1956, but in 1968, he stood at the podium of Mason Temple, Church of God in Christ, and said, well, I still have the power. And it doesn't matter what happens to me now because I've already been to the mountaintop. And I've looked over and seen the promised land. And it doesn't matter if I get there with you, but we shall overcome. Say yes. God. No, I'm about to get happy now. I'm about to get happy. Lift your hand and say spiritual power. Hello over there, orchestra. Come on and say spiritual power. Yeah, it doesn't really have a lot to do with the war itself. As long as I have power. But in this year called 2022, you need to have power over whatever your war is going to be. Don't be stuck in mediocrity. Don't get stuck in indifference. Don't be stuck in pride and arrogance. Get stuck in excuses and alibis because God is calling you to a life of victory. I can't stay where I am because he's calling me to a life of power, a life of strength. What a dynamic word from our leader, Bishop L. F. Houston. While we have you here, please like, share, and subscribe to this channel so you are locked into the latest BT updates. Also, if you're interested in learning more about our vast ministries, including our mini giving methods and safely worshiping in person and virtually, and so much more, please visit us at www.boontabernaclekojic.org. We pray that this word met your need, and we ask that God strengthen and keep you until we meet again. Thank you for joining. God bless.